we demonstrate how awesome we are by telling our audience, our market, our ideal client avatar, hey, I understand you. I get where you're coming from. I understand your problems. I understand your challenges. And I'm the obvious solution. And the, the perspective shift, the shift of thinking, um, putting ourselves in our client's shoes and really considering the benefit and the value that we bring is super challenging for a lot of creatives because we're so focused on our self-expression and our talents and our creative ideas and our innovation. And it's so self-focused that that shift in thinking about your business from the perspective of the market is critical piece. Hi, I'm Caitlin Pyatt, owner of Authentic Branding and Marketing, where I work with female entrepreneurs to brand, market, and grow their small businesses. I'm your host for this podcast, Startup Marketing. I'm a mom of three and entrepreneur, so if you ever hear little kids in the background, it's just my life, trying to make this all work while I build a business. I worked as a corporate marketer for over 12 years, where I focused on marketing and branding strategy, along with marketing management. Often, I heard small business owners say they weren't doing any marketing because they couldn't afford to outsource it to an agency and they didn't know how to do it themselves. When I started my business, I knew I could take my expertise and my experience to help women thrive by teaching them how to create strategic marketing plans they could feel confident about and show them the tools to make managing their marketing easy and efficient. So if you're an entrepreneur out there who's Googling how to brand and market your business, you've come to the right place. The goal of Startup Marketing is to make all of my marketing knowledge accessible and actionable so you can take it and level up your business. I'm a huge marketing nerd and I'm passionate about sharing everything I know with you. This podcast is genuinely one of my favorite things to create. So get ready to learn about all things marketing. Hey, Startup Marketing listeners, welcome to another episode. It's going to be a great conversation. Today we're chatting with Ara McKay and doing a deep dive into some great foundational marketing tips and tricks and how to connect with your audience. And I am super excited for today's conversation. Ara is an enthusiastic, get right to the heart of the matter coach and founder of Business of Creativity, helping small business owners figure out how to make more money, work less hours, and create the lifestyle and impact they want. She loves working with passionate, creative, service-based freelancers, consultants, and entrepreneurs who are feeling stuck, overwhelmed, or plateaued, trying to build their thriving and predictable business. So Ara, welcome, and thank you for being here today. I'm so excited. Thank you so much for having me too. I, you know, even just listening to you share my introduction, it reconnects me back to the passion that I have for my own business. So I'm excited about it. Oh, yay. (laughs) That's awesome. That's always nice when that happens, right? And you're like, ah, I know why I love doing this. Uh, So tell us a little bit about your background and what it is you do. Sure. So, um, you know, Having been an entrepreneur for well over two decades, I have sort of a serial journey to getting here. My deep background is in financial management and accounting. That's where I I started my career path and then went into marketing communications before I started down the path of being a creative entrepreneur. So about Mm -hmm. 20 years ago, I decided that I was going to follow my dream, follow my bliss, go out and do something creative. And that's when I started my photography career. So I have a a 20-year career as an international award-winning professional photographer. Amazing. It's so amazing. It was so amazing. And really the the practice of designing my life as a creative to be able to give me both the income and the impact and fulfillment that I wanted. And as I was doing that for myself, one of the paths I chose was teaching creativity and teaching photography to others. And then I started to notice there was a real gap in the education between, you know, photographers, videographers, writers, and designers, we're really well supported in getting taught how to do our craft. But when yeah. it comes to how do we market ourselves as freelancers? How do we mm-hmm. have a business that's going to be predictable and profitable? How do we, there's so many questions and there's a gap in the educational marketplace for really supporting creative freelancers in learning how to sell, to market, to design their offers. Absolutely. Really build those businesses. So that's what got me to... D- to yes. business of creativity and to yeah. start 
this online learning platform. So that's, that's yeah. the, the short version of my <laughs> right, that's I think that's amazing. And I think it's a really valuable gap that you're filling there because I would agree. I one of the biggest barriers to me going out on my own when you know my husband would suggest it all the time. He was like, go out on your own, freelance, consult. And I was like, okay, okay. And in the back of my head, I'm like, I know, like, I know my skill set and I know how to apply it, right? Like I'm not necessarily intimidated by going into a client space and like bringing my expertise, but it was the business side of it that I was like, I, I don't even know where to start. And when I was kind of going on my, what's now the beginning of my entrepreneurial journey. And I thought I just wanted to switch to a new corporate job and I wanted help doing that. I was like, this it's a really competitive market. I feel like I should be getting calls. And how do I like make myself stand out among these applicants that it's most of the time it's like this automated process and totally sucks. And the business coach that I thought I was going to hire to help coach me to get a new job was like, I think you want to be, I think you'd like being an entrepreneur more than you would like getting a new job. And I can help you do that. And I was like, yeah, but I don't even know where to start. And he was like, well, that's why you would hire me. Exactly. And so, so many of us who are creative freelancers and consultants are what I like to call reluctant entrepreneurs. Like going, oh my gosh, I want to run my own business. I totally want to be an entrepreneur. I just, I want to do all things. But we know we woke up in the morning thinking, oh, I have creative self-expression. I'm <laughs> yes. yes. to be able to share it with the world. Right, right. All, the only pathway available to us is to be a consultant or run our own business. There's very few jobs for creative services providers. And that's what puts so many of us in that position of, okay, I I know I'm great at what I do. I just don't know how to get myself into the opportunity to do what I do. Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. And it's it can be a really steep learning curve too if you don't have somebody who kind of helps guide you and answer some of those questions in the sort of been there, done that phase or like experience. It's it can be really intimidating and it's really like you get put on this learning curve and you're just like drinking from a fire hose. I feel like sometimes. Absolutely. So having someone who can sort of simplify things and, and sort of feed it to you, spoon feed it or feed it to you in bits and pieces is super helpful. But one of the other things that, that is challenging is it's starting to shift now. So I'm, I'm, I'm starting to see a change in, in, in the marketplace right now, but even as little as three to five years ago, most of the business training was traditional 20th century, old school business training that does not work for a flexible, dynamic, you know, uh, really changing marketplace. And as freelancers, we're not going to research for six months and produce this, this like 20 million page business plan tome. We need like a one single sheet framework that can help us guide decisions, help us make things more efficient, easier, keep us focused, help us make momentum. So like the training that we need as creatives is actually different from what 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 was even available, and I'm starting to see more and more um, opportunities to be supported in the training um, and the online training marketplace. But then what happens is you've got all these online courses. Yes, and what they're doing is they're giving you information, which is super great. And knowledge and information is powerful and amazing. And we've just come out of the sort of information technology era. Yeah, the challenge is information without implementation, without action, it just widens the gap because yes. now you know what you should yes, exactly. do. Exactly. Exactly. Like you just- I, That's so funny that you say that because I have gone on this like sort of um, diet of taking on right? like, my, even, diet, like yes that. because I, I was like I I did so many when I first started because I wanted to fill some of those gaps and some of them I was like the ones that were really really good I did take and like put together you know integrated into my marketing strategy 
But there are some, and I got to the point where I was like, I can't continue to watch these because then it just becomes overwhelming and stressful because then I feel like I'm even more behind (laughs) than I already thought I was when I signed up for your webinar. And I was like, I just can't, I just can't anymore. And And so I- That really brings me to the second piece of why I built my whole business in the first place is I was looking at what was available and it was- it was like, you know, I, I love that you say it, like you're going to go on a diet from it because <laughs> free webinars is like eating potato chips. Like it's super oh, yeah. yummy. You can consume it super quickly. It's, it's easy. It's accessible. And it fills yeah. you up, but it doesn't satisfy you. It doesn't give you real solid nutrition. And one of the things that I looked at when I'm building my, my academy and my online learning platform was I... I'm committed to live delivered training. Ooh, it's, yep. recorded. Yeah. it's live delivered. I can see your eyebrows. I can see when you need me to like go back over things. There's opportunity yeah. to interact. There's lots of time for application and implementation so that if you do show up live, you're guaranteed to have a significant, meaningful, lasting change in your business because we're going to do it together. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's a really great way to think. I um I have been doing the market research for my own kind of online course and that was kind of one of the so one piece of feedback that someone gave me was like, "Hey, consider doing this live because it just adds a lot more value and then it kind of combats this thing where you just become another course that's sitting on someone's computer with a login that they haven't like signed up to do. And I'm thinking of this as I've like already recorded and edited all of this stuff, yeah. but, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a really good. In the 90s, we used to buy like self-help books and, yes. you know, yes. self-help and then there was like this whole thing where there was the self-help shelf help of shame. And now we yes. just folders of like free PDFs. We yes. and everything else. That's a perfect analogy. But what I'll offer you is, you know, even if the training is recorded so that they can get the information, being there for live support. So even adding yes. in a weekly live Q&A. Yes. Okay. That's what I have. That's how I have it structured right now. Interaction. Mm -hmm. People are craving connection. And yes, we're becoming more and more um, used to being able to interact um, through through video calls. And we were consuming podcasts like this, which is great. But when are we actually sitting down pen to paper and doing the work. And if you set that up, it is such a a beautiful way to support people. The feedback that I get is completely different from feedback that I got when I just do my, my webinars or my sort of live recorded things. And it just, it changed everything for me when I switched to that. So yeah. So, so good. Yeah, no, that's perfect. That's perfect advice. And I think it's really, I think it is extremely relevant because I think you're correct. People really just want to be able to connect and like have a conversation, especially when some of us are like a year into, you know, not being in like an office setting or being around other people where we can kind of bounce those ideas off of each other and stuff like that. You're a little bit more siloed. And so that interaction I think is really... Freelancers in general were a little bit more siloed. We, we right. don't necessarily have that team. I mean, co-working space was really great about that. But yeah, we're so to have that feedback and to be able to have that yeah. interaction, absolutely. It makes a huge, huge difference. Yeah. So so that's kind of one one of the ways that you approach creative entrepreneurship. What other ways do you feel like you're kind of disrupting or or approaching creative entrepreneurship in a way that's like different than all of the other coaches or consultants oh, out there. Wow, that's, like, that's such a big question. I'm like, how <laughs> disrupting, you know, the the business of being a creative. Um, well, I think that one of the pieces that is uh, unique and that I really want to see become a disruption is the piece of really empowering creatives and freelancers to feel 100% confident in their pricing mm, and to yeah. switch from pricing by the hour to really focusing on teaching people exactly 
how to price by the project, how to do value-based mm. pricing, how to position themselves so that the dollars and cents of the sale is less of a factor than the value that you can actually bring, the impact that you can actually bring to your clients. And I think for so many of us, because we are these reluctant entrepreneurs and we don't have the training, yeah. we think that selling our services and marketing ourselves is all about going out into the world and going, me, 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 I, 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 like, like the, those bad seagulls and finding, you know. <laughs> Yes, I was just going to say, mine, mine, mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. And, and we know what that feels like. It, it's yeah. like, oh God, I don't want to hear all about this again. And like, oh, there's yes. still talking about herself. And really, so one of the things that um, I help people do in my marketing training is to really understand how do we communicate our value without yeah. sounding like the seagulls from Finding Nemo? How do we <laughs> talk to people? And the truth is, is that we talk to them about who they are. Mm, yeah. We demonstrate how awesome we are by telling our audience, our market, our ideal client avatar, hey, I understand you. I get where you're coming from. I understand your problems. I understand your challenges. And I'm the obvious solution. And the, the perspective shift, the shift of thinking, um, putting ourselves in our client's shoes and really considering the benefit and the value that we bring is super challenging for a lot of creatives because we're so focused on our self-expression and our talents and our creative ideas and our innovation. And it's so self-focused that that shift in thinking about your business from the perspective of the market is yeah. a critical piece. And everybody says, well, you got to, you know, speak in the language of your client and you got to do this and you're going to send it. And, and when you listen to all of these, these messages, yes, they're correct, but there's the piece that's missing, which is how do I do that for my business? Mm -hmm. and I mm -hmm. think that, you know, when, when we look at the aspect of pre-recorded versus interactive, when we look at the, the aspect of, are we really speaking business for creatives or are we speaking about old school business? Mm -hmm. Those pieces is that each of us as freelancers is a hundred percent unique. Yeah. So formulas yeah. and templates, they're not going to work long term. I mean, they'll work a little bit. They're certainly better than nothing. But if you truly want to create a life where you can make a living and have a life doing work that you love, that's going to be 100% unique to you. And you yes. will need to design and build and grow that business unique to you with customized, personalized feedback from a coach or from one-to-one -one support or from within that live Q&A environment so that you, right. for you, for yes. you. Yes. Yes. And I think that's, I think that's really relevant, but it's really difficult to recognize right now because, and this is something that like, as I was prepping for this interview, I saw it on your website. It really resonated with me. My audience is probably going to roll their eyes. So like, here's the soapbox again. <laughs> But I believe it's so incredibly important and I'm like on this mission to kind of like debunk the myth of like unicorn marketing and you have it on your website and you said like there's a false belief that there is some kind of secret formula for success. If you just download the next free solution, <laughs> you know, that's that's it. And you see it a ton on especially like on Instagram and Facebook with like coaches where they're just like, download my exact template, follow the process to a T and you too can make six figures in the first three months of your business. And I'm like, it's not true, people. It's not true. Okay. Because just like you said, you really have to tailor your marketing approach to you. Somebody else's um, solution or template might give you like some guidance and some boundaries to kind of like help you frame that up in your mind so that, you know, you're not quite as scattered in your thought approach to how you're going to do it. But you really do have to tailor it to you and your experiences and your skill set and what you bring to the table. And that's really difficult to do when you're trying to put yourself into someone else's formula. And I know that's like, 
really unpopular to to say. And it kind of it probably sounds like a little intimidating because they're like, well, then now I have to like create that all by myself. Okay. This is good juicy stuff because no. it's it's so I totally hear what you're saying. Yeah. Believer. I don't think that there's a quick fix or a magic formula or some kind of secret thing that we're missing out on. I do see that there's FOMO marketing all over the place. Yes, yes. I did this, so can you. And 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 that comes from a really grounded, very valid place because traditionally we were told to go and find someone who's successful at what you want to do and then model their behavior. Yep. But traditionally, businesses would stay on the Fortune 500 for 60, 70 years. Now, (laughs) the life cycle of a business is 10 to 15 years. What used to work, go model what works, doesn't work anymore. So having said that, yes, I'm on your soapbox. And (laughs) a little bit of a thing beside your soapbox, which is, you're never going to be able to do it exactly like they do because you're not the same human being. It's never going to be exactly the same. However, you can absolutely learn frameworks. You can learn how the system works. There are processes. There are things like a buyer's journey really is a thing in marketing. Understanding the components and the structure and the systems that you're working within in order yeah. to create your unique message, your unique voice, and to offer your unique skills to the world. Absolutely. There's those, there's like the foundation of marketing, right? That yeah. really truly it's it's the foundation for a reason. It is the science and the strategy that if you understand how to do that part, then you know the work comes in and trying, you know fitting kind of your story and your experiences into and using those foundations to really showcase you and your experiences. And that's really where like the secret sauce is, is, is trying to, or finding what happens with a lot of these sort of internet gurus saying, yes, you know, you can do this in 20 minutes. They're saying, this is how I customized it. Do it exactly my way. My way. That. That can work if you are exactly them. Right, right. But you're probably not. <laughs> right, you know, right. Absolutely. A lot of people is that we're, we are aspirational by nature and we like the shiny solutions that yes. we think are going to make the biggest difference in our business. And often when I uh, come up against with uh, creative freelancers is that they they think, oh, all I really need to do is master my hashtags on Instagram. If I can just figure mm-hmm. out how to post reels more um, consistently, then I'm going to make all my sales goals. Yep. And those are tactics without yes. the underlying strategy and yes. the foundation of who are you, who are your clients, and what are you selling them, really. And it's not your deliverables. And right, so- right. Times um, my clients and other creatives are coming to the the table wanting to learn marketing or wanting to you know take new actions in their business and they haven't answered those three core questions mm-hmm. about who are they as a business who really are their clients and what are they actually selling that is not their deliverables. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and so I find that even when, when you do get really great training and there is great training out there and there's great trainers without those core answers, it's really hard to implement. And that's why so many times in all of our training, we go back and we look at those three core pieces and how do we articulate that authentically? And how do we communicate that in a powerful and a compelling way? And how do we use that to position ourselves in the marketplace? And it all comes back to that foundation. And you you were brilliant in saying that, yeah, you need the foundation before you can actually go out and implement a lot of the the, the quick fixes that are out yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, yeah. yeah, 
Hundred percent. Yeah, we we're like, yes, we're on our soapbox together. <laughs> we are. Come along, listeners. You can join us. Yeah. Um, yes. But it's it it is true, and I think that's where when you are looking at other people who are having success, you know, they do they highlight the tactics and things like that, and and like you said, it comes from a very genuine place. But and but, and I'm not really sure where, um, how I want to connect to this thought. Um, but I think sometimes what happens is they may not even necessarily recognize themselves that what they're capitalizing on is those foundational strategies and that they have very clear answers to those questions that you were talking about. They just know that these tactics are working. And, and I think sometimes, and and this happens, I've talked about this before, that like sometimes as business owners and entrepreneurs, like you have really great success, but you don't necessarily know why you're having that success. And it often comes back to knowing your core offer or what you're truly offering, who your audience is, your story, those types of things. But if somebody is kind of like, posturing with the tactics that are working really well for them, most likely they know the answers to those questions or they think it's the tactics and they don't realize it's because they have accidentally on purpose stumbled onto the answers to those questions and have just been able to communicate it really well. 100%. And there's a, there's a corollary that's happening as well, which is as marketers, one of the, our jobs when we're trying to communicate what we do and who we do it for and our core offer um, is we want to speak in our marketing the mm-hmm. language of our audience. We yeah. want to talk to them and meet them where they're at. So we get this sort of conundrum of your audience thinks all they want is tactics and shiny objects. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I know that they need foundational skills and real personalized support and time for implementation. Yep. But if I go out in the marketplace and I start talking about, hey, you're going to have to work hard for eight weeks and nine months. <laughs> Nobody and wants to buy your thing. And you're going to have to do this and it's going to look like this. It's impossible to sell. Yes. I have to speak the language that my client is talking about. I have to enter the conversation. And so many of these photographers, videographers, writers, designers, coaches, consultants, the the language they're speaking is, I need tactics because Mm -hmm. they don't know any better. So part of my job as a marketer is to educate my audience. And so that's why I do so many Facebook Lives. That's why I do, you know, so many reach outs and so many educational webinars and things because I have to have the conversation first where they're at and talk about how tactics aren't really going to get you where you want to go as quickly. Correct. As quickly. An intentional strategy for how you were using those tactics. Yes. So it's kind of like a twofold. And so many of us have to do that as well. Like if you are a photographer, sometimes you have to educate your prospect in what does it mean to hire you and work with you? And how does it work for ownership and usage of the images? So much of what we're doing in our marketing and sales is education, is teaching Mm -hmm, people mm -hmm. how to hire us successfully. Yes. Yes. if you are resisting that, like I did for most of my beginning of my reluctant entrepreneurship journey, why do I have to work so hard to educate? They should just know. And oh, yes, yes. And so if you are in resistance to it, then it's going to take you that much longer. If you embrace and you learn how to passionately and articulately speak about what you do and the value that it brings. Mm-hmm. You use that education as your marketing and sales conversation and totally. it becomes an easier flow to help people understand the value that they're going to get from you, not just the tactics that you'll employ to get there. Yes. I uh, recently was kind of 
as I was switching. So I've kind of gone through this transformation in my own business where like, hey, I I think I want to work with these people over here. And then I actually decided I'm going to work with these people over here. And so it's, (laughs) you know, and it's it's kind of the natural uh, life cycle, I think, of like a new entrepreneur to kind of go through that. Uh, And as I was working with a gal, I connected with her through local networking groups and she uh, is, she works in corporate sales. And so she was kind of giving me some pointers because I said, hey, like you kind of live in the world that I'm targeting now. Like, can we, can we talk about this? And something she said to me is, you know, you don't want to sell just the, like the price and the, like the tactics of it to kind of use the language we're using today. Basically, like you want to sell the transformation. Like you have to kind of help people understand what, what they're getting. And I think that goes back to like, what are you offering really? Mm. Am I truly, am I just offering a marketing plan and a management system? No, I'm offering less stress, more organization, and the ability to really grow and scale your business through marketing. And, and even beyond that, you're offering a sense of pride and confidence. You're yes. offering more connection to your family. You're offering like, so when I look at this, cause you're exactly right. And Donald Miller does a really good uh, job of this in his book, Story Brand, in connecting the, the obvious and external with the internal or the philosophical and the existential. And so in my marketing training program, we look at the offer from the perspective, okay, here is the external and the obvious. So for you, you deliver a marketing plan, external, obvious, easy peasy marketing plan. Here's your strategy. Here's the tools that you're going to use. Great. Yeah. So that what? so that they have less stress, so that they are more effective, so that they attract clients that they love, so that, because why? Because Mm. when they have that income and they have that freedom and flexibility, what's available to them internally, philosophically, or Mm. in their life? And when I love you that. start really connecting to that, you get a sense of your own value. And for many of us, yes, we're confident in our skills, but we still have imposter syndrome oh, yeah. when it comes to being in a, in a sales or a value conversation. Mm-hmm. You start to really think about, you know what? What I do could actually earn their business an extra fifty to a hundred thousand dollars this year. It could allow mm-hmm. them to go on vacation. It could buy their kids braces. It could pay off their mortgage. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. Obviously, it's worth ten to twenty percent <laughs> of that. Like, come on, right. now. and then your pricing becomes more comfortable. And when we're comfortable and confident with what we're selling and our pricing and the value it brings, that sales conversation so different. And I just want to. Um, Add one piece because we've been talking about talking. We've been talking about marketing. We've been talking about communication. And I want to be really clear that as soon as you're into a sales conversation, you stop talking. Mm -hmm. That is the biggest piece of advice I've been given. Just listen. Someone even told me, hey, mute yourself on the call so that you can't talk over the person and just let let them go. And recently, I have been in a position of um, hiring to outsource some of my uh, marketing and some of my Mm -hmm. strategy pieces. And it is extraordinary the different kind of experience when I get on a call with someone and they ask me a couple of questions and I do most of the talking versus when I get on a sales call with someone and they're talking the whole time, trying to tell me how great they are and how many ideas they have. And I'm thinking to myself, how can you have an idea for my business when you haven't even heard me say anything about what it is that <laughs> I care about? Like, right, right. And, and there's, a, there's an analogy of if you were actually going to truly solve somebody's problems like a doctor... You absolutely have to diagnose before you can prescribe. You have to listen and understand what is the problem that your services are going to solve. That's a smart way to think about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's super smart. So I want to, I want to go back before I like lose this thought because you talked about value pricing and it's so interesting because you are the second 
person. So I hardly ever hear about value pricing. And in like the past two weeks, you're the second person who has talked about it. And I know that like in your business, you really focus on the the business and the cash flow and using pricing as part of your marketing with your creatives, which isn't always like a fun topic, like you said, for creative entrepreneurs. If you take the topic and you call it like making money, people totally want to talk about that, but they don't want to talk about selling and pricing. So it's just correct. Yeah. And so this idea of value pricing, I think is really, really fascinating. And I feel like it's kind of long overdue to kind of see the shift away from hourly pricing to the value based because it, it is so much more positive. It focuses on what you can bring and kind of that expertise that you can't necessarily quantify. I can't put a an exact price tag. I don't I don't necessarily know the exact number of hours it's going to take me to like extract all of my expertise and apply it to our relationship together. And two two of the gentlemen that I met recently, they're the owners of an agency called Custer Creative and they were the sponsors of a conference that I spoke at. And this this idea of value based pricing came up, and they go, you know, we hate we hate hourly based pricing because it kind of discourages you as the provider to be honest about the amount of time. Like you, you'll work a little bit slower. You might add on a couple of hours potentially. Most of us, I think, are more scrupulous than even, even just than that. let's take all of the manipulation out of it. Let's just yeah. look at the bare facts. If you charge by the hour. Your client pays more when you are slow. Yes. And that was their point. And then the corollary of this is when you're fast and efficient, then you're penalized. And you get less money for being good at your job. There's absolutely no scenario in which either one of you wins. Yes. Thank you. You summarized it perfectly. That's where I was going. And and that's it's a win. It is. And so this idea of like value-based pricing to me, I was like, that is, that is so much more brilliant. And it, plus it just makes the conversation, it feels a lot less transactional and it really does kind of, I think, bring you into like, here's how, here's truly how I can help you. And then again, it kind of forces you to have that conversation a little bit, but something that I loved. So I was, I was, looking around on your blog and, and reading and you take this concept and you use metaphors and you use visuals to help it make sense. And specifically you use donuts, which my son would just be over the moon about if he thought somebody was going to pay him in donuts. Uh, right. So, <laughs> so walk us through this metaphor and then, you know, why is it so important that when you're kind of going into this journey that you have a grasp on this? Okay, well, I love the question, and I just want to put a little, a one little baby step in between hourly based pricing and value based pricing because yeah. my experience with value based pricing is it takes a tremendous amount of confidence, self oh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for you as the creative or as the entrepreneur to really understand and be able to elicit. Yes. The kind of value you provide for somebody else. It's also mm-hmm. only really effective for B2B because mm-hmm. in a B2B or business to business kind of pricing relationship, businesses tie in um, spending to return on investment. And they're yes. used to making the connection between if I spend money on this, the financial impact and outcome is going to be mm-hmm, the value right. of that spend is yep. whether so, it's through efficiency gains or, yeah, you know, whatever it is. Whatever yep. it is. So in B2B conversations, it's much easier to do value-based pricing because they're already sort of in the mindset. And if you have a lot of self-confidence in what you do and you understand the trickle-down effect of, oh, if I make a really strong graphic design logo, that's going to mean this, this, and this. Mm -hmm, But when mm -hmm. we're new in our first sort of zero to three to five years, we're Mm -hmm. still trying on different target markets, figuring out, you know, what what is our secret sauce? What do we do differently? And so 
I just want to make it accessible for those of uh, your listeners that are listening now that might not be at the place of having sure. self-confidence or might not be at the place of being doing B2B business. Yeah, yeah. Project-based pricing is in mm-hmm. the middle between hourly. The next step is to stop doing hourly and to think about the overall project versus how long it's going to take you to do it. Mm-hmm. And then from project-based pricing, the next step in the evolution of your experience would be value-based pricing. Okay. So yeah. if I am kind of hearing you like, so if I could say I charge $120 an hour and sure. I could go into it and say, I'm going to charge you $120 an hour. And we've talked at length about like why that's not a great win for either party. Mm-hmm. Um, so instead of going in and saying, hey, um, this is if I'm doing value-based pricing, I'm going on like, Hey, I, I bring $5,000 worth of value. For example, I don't know. I'm making. No, absolutely. The key on the project side is that you don't get to say the value. The key pricing is the, the value is the perceived value from your client. So you never say you don't set the price. No, they say the value. Okay. They say the value. So you would go to a client and you would say, hey, client, uh, what kind of work do you need today? And they would say, well, I was thinking about having a market marketing plan. Okay, well, tell me about that marketing plan. What do you think that marketing plan needs to include? So you do a, a sure. yep. inquiry. Then you would say, okay, well, what do you think is going to be different in your business or in your life once you have that? Oh, and what would be mm-hmm. the value of that difference? Oh, so you think you're going to get about $200,000 increase over last year's revenue? And what percentage of that value would you be willing to invest in order to mm. get that return? Oh, super interesting. And I would not say, have. Oh, well, I'm going to make $200,000 by having this marketing plan. Well, 10% sounds great. And you say, okay, so if I were to bring in a quota proposal around $20,000, would that be fair for you? Yeah, that'd be fair for us. Oh my gosh, you made that conversation sound so easy. <laughs> Did I? Did yeah. I? The truth is when you go out there in the world to do it, it doesn't go Oh yeah, you. no, it would be so intimidating if I was actually sitting in front of a someone. Right, so project-based pricing is a little bit different in that you would say, instead of saying, okay, client, um, your marketing plan, it's going to take about 10 hours and I charge $120 an hour and um, I should have that done by next week. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so they go, okay, 10 hours, 120, so $1,200. Okay, well, do you think you could, like, if we don't do this piece, could you do it for 1000 Right, right. Okay, oh, yeah. like, if, <laughs> if you get it done by Thursday, do I only pay 800 <laughs> Project. I'm laughing because right? I've heard this before. Right? you've heard it before. <laughs> I don't charge hourly, but I, you know, in my corporate yeah. world, I heard right. that a lot. And then if you say the project, you say, listen, we're going to deliver you a marketing plan. It's going to be a 30 page document. We're going to have an appendices. We're going to have um, uh, mock-up examples of some of the visuals. We're going to have a content calendar in there. You're going to know exactly what to say and when to say it. You're going to yeah. have a strategy for how to post it. You're going to be able to do this. You're going to be able to do that. Your team's going to be able to take it and implement it. You know, you're, I'm going to manage it once a month. Um, that's going to be $5,000. Mm-hmm, well, they don't care if it takes you five minutes or five hours or 15 hours. Sure. Sure. They don't care how long it takes you. They just want the thing. Yes. Okay. Coming from a photography background, they don't care what lens I use or how many- <laughs> right. They just want the photograph to do what yeah, the photograph needs yeah. to do for them and their business. Yeah. That makes sense. So I unknowingly, I have priced myself on a project-based yes. pricing model um, <laughs> and not because – just because I specifically didn't want to do hourly. Mm-hmm. And I also think like the – so for me, the project-based pricing, it just felt much more manageable as a solo entrepreneur. I was like, okay, if this is kind of just the set price and I have – here's my list of deliverables. Here's how – and and I'm paraphrasing all of this because 
this isn't how I would market it, right? But here's my deliverables. Here's kind of the transformation they're going to go through, the milestones, how it's all going to happen. I have all those pieces kind of outlined. And for me, I was like, okay, this is really manageable for me to just say, this is the price of the package. So that when I'm creating proposals and things like that, I don't have to kind of like go through and like go through, comb through meticulous notes and go, okay, well, they said they didn't want this piece. So I got to subtract this out of it and like reprice and rejig every single proposal. So for me, it was like an efficiency thing. You just said something really, really brilliant that I don't even know if you realize how brilliant you were when you said it. Please don't, because I I think I don't. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm about to tell you how brilliant you are because right at the beginning of talking about your, your pricing, you were like, okay, but I've kind of like defaulted into project based pricing and and like I'm just going to tell you about it but this isn't how I would market it Uh, what you you just said was we still need to know internally how many hours a project takes sure we still calculate internally costs and rates per hour we still Mm -hmm. do that calculation we still need to understand that we are are actually making a profit from that project yes so internally we still look at all of those pieces and all those deliverables and we still calculate all of the hours and all of those pieces internally and then how we put it into the proposal is very different so i just love that you Mm. just skipped over that piece few people really realize it. They think that all of the calculations they do and say, oh, I'm going to do, you know, an hour of an onboarding and then I'm going to, it's going to take me three hours or so to do the project. And then I'm going to have to have a meet. And they, they think that they need to show their work. Oh yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Which is completely, you do not have to do that. You need to show the value which is why Mm -hmm. I invite you to look at each of those line items and say, well, why? Because this is where Mm -hmm. you have an opportunity to start using positioning Mm -hmm. and pricing together. So for example, I'm going to go back to the photography world because it's a world that I know intimately um, and, and familiar with. So in the photography world, if you went and did all of your calculations where you looked at your own um, goals for your personal lifestyle income, you look at your business costs, you look at your sales targets, you look at all of those pieces and you think, you know what, might now my target wedding package project, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. AKA project is $3,000, but I really need to, my target package to be $5,000. Yep. Great. You just take your target price for you. What, what would you like your target price of your marketing plan to be? And whatever it is, $3,000, dollars $2,500, what do you need to include to get it there in that offer? in order for your client to perceive that amount of value. Yeah, totally, totally. So so lots of photographers say, well, I'm going to include, I'm going to do a headshot package and I'm going to include 10 photos. I said, well, why 10? Where's the, what's the value of 10 versus five versus three versus two versus one. And a Mm -hmm. lot of times how we arrange our offers allows us to price where we need to position ourselves because, you know, there are, there are price thresholds for, you know, buying comfort and risk adversity. So we can price where we need to price ourselves, but only deliver that amount of value because so often what happens is we set our prices and then our client comes and says, okay, I don't have that much budget. And so we just do it for less budget instead of delivering less value. Mm. So mm-hmm. I really want to encourage people because so many times the messaging is you got to raise your prices. You got to raise your prices. Yes. And yep. And that's intimidating for some of us. And it's not appropriate for some of our marketplaces. Some of our markets won't tolerate. Bear that. Yeah. Bear that. So instead of raising your prices, look at what you're investing to deliver that service. Can you can you adjust the service? Can you deliver fewer files? Can you have fewer meetings? Can you how can you still be excellent in your craft? Yes but mindful of your own return on investment of your time and effort and energy. Mm. 
Yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense. And I think that's something that like you said, it's we we forget to do or we do it we do it and we don't realize that we're doing it. Um yeah. and it's that's something that I've kind of I've tried to be very mindful of as I've like priced out my products and things like that and when I look at the deliverables and and again, I came from it and I just I approached it as like I have to make this like profitable for myself, right? I'm a one-woman show. So there are some things that um, you know, my clients might want, but I can't realistically deliver in a way that's like profitable for me. Mm-hmm. And so then then it's kind of then you kind of have to make the choice of, okay, well, how do I price adjust accordingly? Or what systems, what can I put in place on the back end if they really feel like they need that? Or, you know, my package doesn't sell without it, then I, you know, like maybe I have to look for partners and something like this. So logo design, for example. And so many people were facing that um in the last, you know, 12 to 16 months where their markets mm-hmm that they were serving have disappeared. They have to serve new markets or their markets that they, you know, their clients just can't afford it or they want different things. And that came up for me in the business of creativity as well. I mean, I have my, my programs and ideally I really think people need nine months to be able to learn the foundation skills of marketing and to implement it in their business effectively to have it tested. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that they can have that predictable. Pro- I think nine months is totally reasonable. And I think that the investment in that is totally reasonable except for that we have a, a different economy right now yeah and I have a passion for serving and really supporting creative freelancers at every stage so here I was in this dilemma of how can I support people at a price point that they can afford yeah. without diluting the rest of my offers yeah. And that's when I created the Business Accelerator Mastermind because it's a way for people to come in for a month of support to get, you know, four meetings at least to be able to get access to all of the archives and resources. It's 100% free. I can still help them. I can make a big difference. And then if they want to con- continue on, it's like $100 a month to be able to connect it to that community, to reduce the isolation, to be able yeah, to yeah. have those yeah. consistent habits. To- and it's just that little bite-sized bit of meeting people where they're at and giving them what they need at a price point that doesn't generate huge profit for me. But that's part of my business model is I want to have a, um, a, a market entry level offer that people can, can try me before they make a big investment because Big investments now are scary for people. There's so much uncertainty. So being able to say, okay, well, having someone go from a completely cold market to now making a $3,000 investment, that's that's a big ask. So how can I bridge that gap? And how can I stay true to my passion, commitment for serving and supporting? And I really make a difference for people and, and, and. And it takes something to design offers in your business that align with your own personal values that deliver value to your marketplace and that are valuable enough to generate profit in your business. And that I feel like is a neat little like bow to where we started or circle back to where we started at the top of the conversation, which is understanding the foundation of the marketing, understanding those three questions. What is my story? Who is my target audience? What do I offer really? And being able then to make business decisions, pricing decisions, value-based decisions off of that. And, and that like journey that you just went through is exactly kind of what you've talked about. And, and I think it's really, and I want to point out that it's a very beautiful little bow here that we've put on this because there's no amount of marketing that if you're, if you're going from cold to a giant ticket offer, there is sorry, there isn't, there is a certain amount of marketing, but it's a lot of marketing and it is very expensive marketing that moves people from cold to $3,000. Yes. Um, you know, and, and so having, and being able to kind of assess and go, okay, where is a middle ground? Where is a baby step that I can put in place that 
Maybe it doesn't generate a ton for me, but it aligns with everything that I've been talking about, my values, everything like that. And it's a nice little stepping stone. And that's what content marketing is all about. Mm-hmm. It's, it's that little education piece that we've talked about to help yep. people understand the value of what you bring so that the investment makes more sense to them so that they start to see you as the solution instead of yes. quick fix, shiny tactics, form secret formula things that are being, mm-hmm. you know, pushed out so um, prevalently in yes. social media and in marketing. All we see is three steps and two steps and five quick things. <laughs> and Millions efforts. of dollars. It's like, oh my goodness. And I'm here going nine months would be great. Yes. <laughs> Think about it. You've, we know that taking those little bite-sized pieces and just even from this conversation, that yes, pricing is a thing, but clearly there's so many different ways that pricing can influence our success in our business Mm -hmm. that if we just try to take one webinar on value-based pricing, we probably won't get a big enough picture of the entire strategy to be really successful about it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, that there's so much now. Like I think we've kind of unpacked in such a short amount of time, and so I know, I'm kind of with us, we were really <laughs> we've been very we've been very efficient. Um, so we're kind of coming up at the end of end of the hour here. So any final advice you'd give for creative entrepreneurs to help bring focus or clarity to their business? <sighs> <laughs> summarize a wealth of experience into right. a short so, amount so of like time. 90 seconds. Um, <laughs> well, I, I think that you actually said it there is that having clarity about your business, mm. not just being clear about the stuff you like to do and mm-hmm. kinds of projects you like to look work on, which is great to have that clarity too. But I would say treating your business like a business and really looking at what is my intent? What is my, where do I want this business to go? Uh, One of the Mm. things that um, I really come back to again and again and again is to design your life first. What is that dream lifestyle? Because, you know, I have seen wedding photographers build thriving businesses And really the number one thing they wanted to do was spend more time with their family. And guess what? They're photographing every weekend. Yeah. They never see their family. So, so my best advice is get really crystal clear on what your dream lifestyle Mm -hmm. looks like and how much it costs. Yes. Yes. Really clear on what is the framework for the kind of business that Mm -hmm. support that dream lifestyle and what will it cost to build? And then get clear on who are you going to sell to and what are you going to sell in order to reach those goals? So yes. design your life and then build your business so that you can grow your dreams. Mm. I, I think that is like very brilliant, perfect advice to kind of end with because the other part of the unicorn marketing that I see so often is like, you know, make have 10 figure months or 10 figure months. I don't know anybody. I don't know anyone who's $10,000 you know, $10, a month. Thank you. Yeah. Um, or have six figure years or whatever. And it, it makes you, it's that FOMO marketing you were talking about that makes you feel like you have to, if you're not having a six figure year, you're not doing something correctly. Mm-hmm. But really when you are going and approaching your business as something that kind of supports and helps give you a lifestyle, if your lifestyle is simply just to be able to cover your expenses and pay your bills, but gives you a lot of time to be able to spend with your family or your friends or to travel or to, I don't know, paint or take classes or then, then like, that's it. Then you fulfilled then that's what you build your business for. The six figures doesn't necessarily matter. You've you've just encapsulated beautifully marketing message as well. Because listen to this. If the marketing message is, you know, I've made six figures and I've got this successful business and Mm -hmm, I've done mm -hmm. this and I've done that. Or listen to this. I get to work 
30 hours a week or less. I live in the heart of Vancouver, which is paradise and one of the most expensive cities in the mm-hmm. world. Mm-hmm. I get to take time off whenever I want. I have complete autonomy over my schedule. I get to spend time with friends and family however and whenever mm-hmm. I want. I get to cherry pick the lives that I get to make a contribution to. I get to be cause in the matter of other people's success. Which is more aspirational? Do you care more about the six figures or the lifestyle that I described? Absolutely. And that's really That and is. I care more about the lifestyle and the benefits and the aspirations yes. and the dreams than the data and the details of six figures. Yes. Oh, beautiful. What a beautiful way to end that conversation. I could not, we could not have planned this any better. We didn't plan it, technically. Technically, there's like half an interview we didn't get to, but this has just been a great conversation. Thank you so much for being on the show. Listeners, I hope that you take what we have talked about today, the information on pricing and designing your business to help you really decide and make critical decisions that support where you want to go with your business. I can't stress that enough. And as always, if you've enjoyed today's episode, please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to help others like you find this. And until next time, Aura, thank you. Thank you for being here and all of your wisdom. I so appreciate it. It's been such a great time. Thank you so much for having me.